Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 underway in a jam-packed Tuesday edition. We will have Trey Wallace from OutKick.com, covers the SEC, talking all things SEC headlines. That's in 20 minutes. Anthony Ferris, also of OutKick, will join us in hour number two, as will John McClain of Gallery Sports. We'll talk NFL headlines there and much to get to. Lane Kiffin denying a report that he's headed to Auburn after the Iron Bowl. Matt Rule reportedly, according to CBS Sports, turns down Nebraska. And the 49ers enter today atop the NFC West. Chad, good afternoon. Lots to get into today, Hutton. We got the World Cup going on. We've got coaching stories. Yes. I'm fired up for a big show. I'm always fired up coming here and host the show with you, but especially today on this Thanksgiving week. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Hutton. <laughs> I want to start every show today by wishing you Thank and you. everyone watching or listening Thank you. a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving too often overlooked. We're not going to do that on this show. So much so that we're going to say happy Thanksgiving every day this week to get you ready for Thanksgiving. Lane Kiffin, a report surfacing from uh, John Sokoloff, um, who is uh, covers local sports there in the uh, Mississippi area, um, tweets out, Chad, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet. So Lane to Auburn is happening. Story soon. And Kiffin quote tweets, and says, that's news to me, John. Then just the hand, you know, the face palm and says, uh, nice sources. And then proceeds to then, po- <laughs> Kiffin wasn't done. He then proceeds to <laughs> send out his own report about Sokolov stepping down to join one of the rival TV networks in town. <laughs> it's some of Lane Kiffin's it's best great. work. Uh, it's, it's terrific. I also think there's something going on with Lane Kiffin and Auburn. <laughs> so Here's we can say this, and uh, you know, and maybe it's not final and all that, and he's having fun with it, but I don't think this is something that's dead. Well, it makes the most sense, really. Yeah. Right? Swing for the fences if you're Auburn. It, I mean, it, it's a great fit. And as, you take from a rival SEC West program yes. also. It, it, yeah, makes, here, it makes a ton of sense. He put out John Sokoloff of WCBI News in Starkville, Mississippi, Plans to step down as lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say WLOX hasn't offered the job to anyone yet. So John to WLOX is happening. Story soon. It's, it's funny, too, because of the relationship with a Starkville TV person yes. before the Egg Bowl putting this report out. Nice, quote, sources, which leads you to believe Lane Kiffin said, your sources are probably from inside of Mississippi State. And this is great, convenient timing that two days or three days, the, the point of this report, 
before the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, you know, you've got this Starkville-based report that I'm leaving the team and leaving the program for Auburn. So um, it's always tough to know if when Lane Kiffin's legitimately upset or angry about something because he has the same social media yes. and public demeanor, which is jokey and trolling at all times and sarcastic. So maybe he's actually mad about this. Maybe he doesn't care. And it's just more of the same with Lane Kiffin, who does have a great sense of humor with these things. But again, until he's not the hire or someone else is announced, I firmly believe that Lane Kiffin is in the mix at Auburn and is considering it. In the mix somewhere. Because, you know, if you're just comparing it to Stoops, Kentucky went ahead and just announced that they had extended him. You know, that they have come to a contract extension where he's getting, a, what, a million and a half bump in pay. Meanwhile, the report that surfaced earlier this week or over the weekend about Kiffin and how the the Rebels athletic program, they were prepared to make him a top 10 paid head coach in the country. Well, that's that's a minimal bump to get him currently into the top 10. And they haven't announced anything with that, just for comparison's sake. So it doesn't sound like Kiffin is yeah, and maybe, ready to announce he's staying. Maybe he just wants to, you know, it, with the way Lane Kiffin operates, maybe he, he wants the suspense to last a little longer. And they've already basically come to an agreement on a contract extension at Ole Miss, and they're not going to announce until after the Egg Bowl or whatever. Um, but that's a good piece of context clues you throw out there, Hutton, that we've got programs that have announced a new commitment or renewed commitment to a coach that's getting some whispers at other places. And Ole Miss hasn't been able to announce that yet with Lane Kiffin. Again, until someone else is named the head coach, I believe Lane Kiffin is in the mix at Auburn, regardless of who, what he's joking about, regardless of him trolling a Starkville newscaster that he's going to leave his, his station, regardless of all of that, he's, he's probably in the mix. And he's in the mix at staying at Ole Miss. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a done deal or anything that he's made up his mind, but... I think both things could be happening. Matt Rule has made it clear he wants to coach immediately, as soon as possible. But Chad, according to CBS Sports, it's not going to be at Nebraska. He reportedly turns down the Cornhuskers job. Yeah, depending on kind of how you read this, talks broke down. Matt Rule turned down Nebraska. I know I've been, I follow some Nebraska, you know, people, and they're they're saying he was never offered. You know, it's all semantics. Regardless, there are some pretty strong reports, CBS Sports being the lead report, that Matt Rule will not be the coach at Nebraska, whether that's his doing, talks falling apart mutually, Nebraska not offering, or Matt Rule moving on to another opportunity, or just not wanting to coach Nebraska. Uh, That's not going to happen. That felt all along, Hutton, like the one that made the most sense. Just, uh, hey, you can go ahead and hire this guy right now. He doesn't have a job after he got fired by the Panthers. We had Cole Kublik on yesterday, though, and he hinted to Luke Fickle being the guy. I mean, he said, I think it's almost locked up with a guy who had his team in the college football playoff a year ago. Now, let's look through the college football playoff a year ago. It's not Kirby Smart. It's not Nick Saban. It's not Jim Harbaugh. The fourth team in the college football playoff was Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. That would be a terrific pool by Nebraska if they got him away from Cincinnati. Because after other programs uh, approached him a year ago, I'm pretty sure LSU may have been one of them that at least reached out to him a year ago. He pulls his name out of all those, got the extension at Cincinnati, got more money, got a longer contract. I was under the assumption, Hutton, this was a move to Ohio State or maybe the NFL, and that's it. 
and he could just see himself. He's got a ton of kids. They're all in school in Cincinnati. He's comfortable and, with the city. He's comfortable where, with where he lives, the setup there. I thought that Luke Fickle may be a lifer at Cincinnati. If that is, in fact, where Nebraska goes and they can pull it off, kudos to the Cornhuskers. That, that's a big-time get. And if he wanted the NFL, Chicago was open with his former quarterback. Yep. You know, that, that, that was another... There were some rumors about that being yeah, a possibility. Absolutely. Um, and, and he chose to stay. Uh, why are we not hearing more about Matt Campbell? Who is always talked because about every year? Because his team is dead last in the in the Big Twelve. This is a classic example of if you are going to make the move or consider it, and you want out of your job. If you're at a job and you're thinking this is ultimately not where I want to be, and if if anything that's a step up comes along, I I should take it. If you're in doubt at all about that, this is why you strike while the iron is hot. Matt Campbell joins a long list of coaches, and maybe he has no interest in leaving Iowa State, regardless. But a long list of coaches that were did a very good job at places that don't traditionally win. They won for a little while. They had chances to move. They didn't. And then things can fall apart. I'm not saying the program's falling apart under Matt Campbell, but they are headed to dead last in the Big 12 this year. They play TCU this weekend. They are, by the way, only a 10-point underdog at TCU. Last place versus first place in the Big 12. That shows a great level of parity within that that conference this year. And it is. It's deep when you look top to bottom in the Big 12. But I really think, Hutton, that's the, the sole reason we're not hearing his name a lot of places. And look, you know, Nebraska may end up hiring him for all we know. He may end up moving this year. We don't know. But I really think that's it. It's just another case of didn't strike while the iron was hot, stayed at a place. And when you stay at a place long enough – especially one that usually doesn't win, you tend to not win as much at some point, and things kind of flatten out for you. And let's also throw this out. Let's hypothetically say Kiffin to Auburn. What about Matt Rule to Ole Miss? You know, you've got that opening that comes available. Rule in the SEC, if it's not Auburn, right? Like, where would the musical chairs go from there? And if there is a surprise opening in the SEC, you know, could we see two, two new coaches at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. We've also got uh, Black Sunday coming up where there's going to be teams that aren't going to be playing in a bowl. They're going to fire their coach. Let me give you one example. West Virginia is going to fire Neil Brown on Sunday, I believe. They're 4-7 and seven right now, possibly going to be 4-8 and eight at the end of the year. He's got a losing record over four years. His athletic director, Shane Lyons, got fired three weeks ago, and he got hired immediately to be a deputy AD at Alabama. They're going to fire Neil Brown. That's another opening. That's a pretty good job at West Virginia in the Big 12 that's going to come open also. So is it going to cause chaos with the coaching carousel? Example, if Ole Miss goes and hires Matt Campbell, let's say. Yeah. Okay, then there's another Power 5 job that's open in Iowa State. If they hire a sitting head coach from somewhere else that's in the Power 5, what does that look like for that job? And then who do they go hire? I've said all along, the guy that makes the most sense to me, Jeff Levy. If you want to go hire someone that was there the year before that's got the connection to Lane Kiffin and can continue running a, a high, a fast-paced, productive offense, I think Jeff Levy, who's now the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, would make a lot of sense. But Jeff Levy's an Oklahoma guy, too. Played, played there. Maybe he's you know holding out, wanting to stay there. I'm also curious, where, where is the landing spot for Bill O'Brien? Because yeah. he's going to be out as the play caller at Alabama. And, I mean, I, I think 
just based on trying to make all these connections and knowing um, you know, what would make sense, can you imagine if Dan Mullen teamed up with Nick Saban to run the Alabama offense to get back Ooh. in to the SEC ranks and that would build, make sense. Build his resume up. I mean, that trends with what Alabama has done in the past. And if you want to, you know, a jolt, an injection of energy, Mullen running the offense for Saban would give the Crimson Tide that for sure. Because right now they're offensively, and consider uh, the talent, of course, lost at wide receiver. But man, you've got the returning Heisman. They just have not been in sync at times. And you can feel that O'Brien's on the way out. I've read a lot that Dan Mullen, and talked to someone recently that believes Dan Mullen is publicly petitioning, not publicly, but through his agent, petitioning for Arizona State or Colorado also, that he's actively interested in those two jobs as a good landing spot. Maybe West Virginia also yeah. for Dan Mullen yeah. could, could be a good hire. Here's one that um, uh, Brent brings up in the, uh, in the YouTube chat. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, if this continues with the Cardinals, not as a head coach, I, I brought up the possibility of him not having to leave that magnificent house that he owns that we saw in the draft night in 2020, that he could stay at Arizona State and be the head coach and not leave his home and stay right in the same area. But what about Cliff Kingsbury at Alabama if Bill O'Brien leaves or as a very highly paid offensive coordinator for Jimbo Fisher? Yeah, I was going to say, is at it Texas a and yeah. I mean, send him back to Texas. Yeah. Uh, both those possibilities would be interesting to me. I mean, you've got a big-time celebrity coordinator in Cliff Kingsbury. Sure. If he wanted to go that route, he may say, I'm not going to go work for someone else. I'm going to see if I get another head coaching opportunity. Or he could say, like Bill O'Brien did, you know, working for Nick Saban's not the worst thing in the world for me to propel with, my career yeah. to be a head coach again. So I'm going to learn a lot. Team's going to be good. And then I can, you know, parlay that after two good seasons at Alabama He's still a young guy into another head coaching job somewhere else. Chad Dabo Sweeney just may be interested in the bowl selection process all of a sudden uh, on Monday, yesterday, saying that Rattler had forever and a day in the pocket against the Tennessee defense. And Tennessee is not built defensively. They're built to outscore people. Said Rattler played, some, played awesome, and all the credit goes to South Carolina for dominating that game. He goes on to say on Tennessee, Dabo Sweeney, they're flipping burgers during the conference championship weekend. Like, are we going to Atlanta or Phoenix? And the next thing you know, you forget you got to go play. What are the odds that we could see Clemson and Tennessee in like the Orange Bowl? Um, I don't know if it would translate well on camera here if I did it, but uh, <laughs> I would go to my knees right now and pray for that to happen. <laughs> because Josh Heupel is a coach who will keep receipts on things like that, and that'd be a lot of fun talking about that matchup yes. of the two different tints of orange playing in an orange bowl with Clemson and Tennessee, especially after those comments. Let me also say that there's not a lie in there. Uh, what he's sure. saying is absolutely true in all respects, and he's I, I, don't, I don't necessarily watch that and think, man, Tennessee just completely overlooked South Carolina, didn't play hard. They didn't show up on defense, and they didn't have a good plan, and they didn't adjust. And all the players this week are saying the plan was fine. We didn't execute. I don't understand that. I don't know how you can go from being okay to good at times on defense, but at least even in games where the secondary is bad, you get to the quarterback, you do something, to doing absolutely nothing in a game. But that's what happened with Tennessee. Um, 
And he may not be wrong in saying that, hey, the, all the talk was about what, what's our playoff spot? How do we get in the playoff? And you fail to realize you got to go and play these last two games. And these teams really want to beat you badly. That's Dabo Sweeney talking from a point of experience because he's had many teams in the college football playoff and knowing what it's like to go play those games. Now, all of that out there, he's not lying. I don't spot anything completely wrong or inaccurate that he said. Other coaches don't want to hear lectures about their program from any other coach, whether that be Dabo Sweeney, who's won multiple national titles, or Nick Saban, or any of the granddaddies of of college football. When you're coaching your program, you don't want to sit and take shots saying that this team is going to be flipping burgers on championship weekend and they weren't ready to play the game. You know a lot of coaches. We're going to have a coach in studio later today and Eddie George. Coaches don't want to hear that from sitting head coaches right. somewhere else about, oh, my team wasn't ready to go, huh? Okay, great. Thanks. thanks <laughs> Eddie for George is tomorrow, that. by the way. Yeah, He'll be on tomorrow. tomorrow. Sorry. No, it's all good. Whenever I hear Eddie George, I get so excited. I just want him <laughs> in studio with us right now. We'll have some other coaches on uh, next week as well uh, based on the, uh, the upcoming schedule. Uh, we've got... Is it tomorrow yet? <laughs> yeah, it's tomorrow. This week is going... This is one of those fast weeks uh, with the shortened week for Thanksgiving holiday where I always feel like even on Monday, it almost feels like, oh, is this the last day of the week before the long weekend? We have Trey Wallace coming up and we will also get into the Monday Night Football recap where the Niners sit in first place atop the NFC West, and uh, we'll talk some World Cup. We'll keep you, keep you updated there on the latest recap today's games. Plus, uh, the final four headed to Las Vegas. We'll tell you when. All that and more coming up on Outkick 360. First, though, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, a trusted partner that keeps us at Outkick 360 mentally sharp and healthy with their great supplements. Vitalifescience.com is the website. V-I-D-A-Lifescience.com is where you can go to see more information on all the vitamins and supplements to choose from. And OutKick360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OutKick360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes. And that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, glutathione. So many more to choose from, though. Whenever you visit VitalLifeScience.com, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can go 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitalLifeScience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. We are live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, joined by Trey Wallace, Outkick.com, SEC columnist. And uh, Trey, on the road, I'm assuming you're headed down to, to Auburn for the, for the Kiffin presser? <laughs> yeah, it, it actually worked out really well. Uh, so this is probably going to play out this week that I'm going to be able to go to Auburn probably Sunday, I'd imagine. They're going to have a press conference or Monday. But uh, Outkick will have a presence there. So uh, heading south to Alabama actually played out my advantage. If you had to bet right now, is it Kiffin as the choice for Auburn, or do you do you lean somewhere else? Uh, it, it's Kiffin for the choice at Auburn, in my opinion. Um, I think that's um, I don't. I'm not going to come in here and give you a percentage or whatnot, yeah. but I I I personally think Jonathan he's going to be the next head coach at Auburn. Um, I think that negotiations are a lot further along than some people might think they are. Um, and I think that last night, I have a conspiracy about last night. I know okay. we'll get into that. Um, but I, I just think after talking with some folks, I, I, I know that Ole Miss is pushing him today to sign that extension that is on his desk. By the way, Kiffin talked about that yesterday. If you listen to his press conference, he said, look, I've already signed three contracts, so I don't know why this fourth one is such a big deal. So he actually admitted that there's a fourth contract sitting on his desk waiting to be signed. Um, so I, I I just feel like this is the perfect storm for him. Now, could I see him staying at Ole Miss? I could. But as we, as we sit here right now, Tuesday, I just got this feeling that Thursday night after the Egg Bowl is over, they're going to finally sit down in front of him. They're going to formally offer him the job, and that's going to be the plan heading into the weekend. Is there an obvious name for Ole Miss if, in fact, that happens with with Lane Kiffin leaving? I brought up the possibility of Jeff Lebby uh, coming back to be the head coach at Ole Miss. Is, Is there another name out there that you think just makes perfect sense for Ole Miss, if in fact Lane Kiffin leaves for Auburn? Well, Chad, you, you say Jeff Levy, and, and I would agree with you on that one, but here's here's how I look at it, too. If Ole Miss is willing to pay $9.5 million for a head coach, go out and swing for the fences right out of the gate. I mean, why not? If you're going to spend that amount of money, don't settle for an assistant coach or an offensive coordinator. Go see if you could find yourself an established head coach that will want to join the SEC, don't forget expansions coming up. Texas, Oklahoma joining. The playoffs are expanding. This is a perfect opportunity for somebody that would want to join the Southeastern Conference to get in at a good school, I might add, uh, that can attract a lot of talent. So, you know, if I'm Keith Carter, the AD, the first phone call, you know, I'm making is to an established coach out there, somebody that can come in, bring excitement to the program, knows what he's doing, not going to mess around. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be the same kind of fire as Lane brought in different ways. But I just I, – I feel like that they have the money to spend. Don't go cheap. You're going to be making a lot more money in the next five years. Go go out and get you an expensive head coach. Trey Wallace with this Outkick SEC columnist. You can follow him on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Trey, what do you think 
led to Tennessee's performance the most? What led to that defense looking so just out of sorts and not able to adjust to literally anything South Carolina was doing on Saturday? I think you had a combination of horrible play calling. I think you had a combination of, you know, I'm not going to put it on Jeremy Banks not being there um, because Tennessee has played without Jeremy Banks before. Um, but I do think that overall defensively, they never adjusted. Um, they, they came in with one game plan thinking that South Carolina would try to run the football. And then Spencer Rattler, you know, Shane Beamer and Marcus Ladder Satterfield, they said, okay, Shane, you know, I'm sorry, Spencer, go do your thing. And when that happened, when he got outside the pocket, when he starts hitting throws down the field, and you saw Tennessee secondary was as open as a Krispy Kreme at 1 o'clock in the morning on the strip, you know, it, it things fall apart. And the fact that they gave up nine touchdowns, the fact that Tennessee was playing eight yards off the receivers after they had already got beat multiple times, it, it flabbergasted me because I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, wait, why aren't they making these adjustments? Like, you would think that they would, you know, try to play man up on them or if you're going to drop back in zone, protect the middle of the field because that's where they got burnt most of the night. So I, I think it was a lot of things. I think that, you know, I know the rumors out of Knoxville last week and, 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 and things that had happened. Yes, there was some internal strife, you know, between a couple of players, but I don't think that's an excuse or, and I'm seeing some stupid conspiracy. Oh, well, Tennessee's defense went out there and tanked it because they were mad at the offense. That's about the dumbest thing I have heard in college football, period, especially when you're playing for a a spot in the playoffs. Um, I I just feel like Tennessee got exposed, um, and and there was no fixing it from Tim Banks' part, you know, and and, and that's where they got hurt. There were were a couple things they could do, but if if we're being really honest too, guys, our safeties just aren't that good. Yeah, they're Pocket not. Jalen McCullough, Trayvon Flowers, they're just not good. And they're not that fast either. Uh, but, you know, moving forward now for Tennessee, Hendon Hooker goes down, which was uh, another bad part about just a terrible night for Tennessee. This is Joe Milton's offense now. Do you foresee any changes with Milton stepping in against Vanderbilt? Tennessee was a 14 point uh, favorite when the line was released, they've remained a 14 point favorite up to this point. Does the offense change at all with Joe Milton? And what do you think now about Joe Milton as a leader on this team, much like he was asked to be a year ago to start the season? I, I don't know if it's going to change much. I think his targets might change if Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy can't go. So you're having to go with Ramel Keaton, you know, Jalen Hyatt, Squirrel White. I, I think that might be a little bit different. I, I don't think that they switch this thing up because Joe Milton has been such lockstep with Hendon Hooker and this coaching staff uh, for the whole season. Credit to Joe Milton. Like, this guy has been engaged um, and, and is, is taking everything he can from Hendon Hooker, trying to gain, get his game even better than it can be, knowing that there's a chance that Milton could be the starting quarterback next season. So I don't think they're going to change much. I think you're going to see Joe Milton run the football. Um, I think he's going to try to air it out 50 yards, and hopefully it's a receiver. Um, and not somebody in the stands. But I feel like that Alex Golis and Josh Hyper are going to say, okay, look, you've been doing this and practicing this all season long. We're not changing anything up now. 
this is how we have to score. So don't expect much uh, out of that game. And if they start screwing up, I'm telling you, Clark Lee, Mike Wright, Vanderbilt, they've done something interesting the last two weeks. I want to see what it looks like Saturday. Yeah, and Vanderbilt playing for a bowl bid uh, in this game against Tennessee. And Tennessee still with a lot to play for. Ten wins, New Year's Six Bowls, so something to follow. Florida's program is something to watch also right now. Coming off that loss at Vanderbilt where they looked like they were sleepwalking for a lot of that game. Just a really bad performance by the Gators after that muff punt. It's rivalry week. They play Florida State. I'm going to ask you about another team in the SEC trying to, to stave off a 6-6 six and six season and get to 7-5 and five instead. But what do you think about the state of this Florida team right now, Trey, going up against their in-state rival in Florida State? Yeah, I, I think this is a game, Chad, where you're going to find a lot about Anthony Richardson and, and what Billy Napier has instilled in that locker room. Um, can Will these players step up coming off the bad loss to Vanderbilt? You know, do these players recognize the Florida State rivalry as much as they hear it, you know, from former players or coaches, you know, in the locker room and whatnot? How much do they embrace that? Um, I, I I just feel like we've seen a Florida team digress a little bit. And you look at it, you wonder, okay, how does Billy Napier shape this thing out before the end of the season? Like, that's what stands out to me. you got to go in 2023 with some type of momentum. Um, I, I just I, – I don't, I don't trust Florida right now. I, I trust their running game. And I trust, you know, Anthony Richardson, but their defense to me, guys, has been this disappointing. And, and you're playing against a Florida State team that can throw the football around, get hot. You know, Mike Norvell is going to throw out all the tricks. Just, just probably like you saw Clark Lee try to do last week against Vanderbilt. But the thing is, Florida State's got a better passer. So I, I just look at this game, and I think Florida might be in a little bit of trouble. Um, but they better figure out a way to come together as a group and win this one on Saturday, well, man, bowl game, not whatever. It's going to be a long offseason for the Gators. Then another team, 6-5 and five right now, is Kentucky. And they've got Louisville this week. Louisville, without Malik Cunningham, they win pretty easily over NC State over the weekend. This is a team that's much improved over the course of the year. Kentucky only a three-point favorite against Louisville this weekend. What do you think about this matchup? This is your do-or-die matchup, Chad. I mean, this is it. If Kentucky drops this game, and they just launched their NIL this week. You know, Stoops got himself a whatever, it was a two million dollar, you know, extension. You drop this game, and you head into bowl season. Probably going to go play in Birmingham or Shreveport. You know, maybe the Music City Bowl if they get lucky. Um, you you can't lose this one on Saturday. I don't care what Louisville did last weekend. You've got Will Levis. You've got Chris Rodriguez. This should be a win for Kentucky, but as we've seen this year, there are times where Kentucky just plays down to their opponent or they just don't show up, period, and they want to blame each other, blame the offensive coordinator, who, by the way, I don't think he's returning next year, and Rich uh, Scagnola, I don't think he's returning. So where does Kentucky go in this football game is what stands out to me and how they end their season. For all the hype that they had coming into this year, if they finish the year with a loss, man, there's going to be some agitated folks in Lexington because 
this was their year. Like, this was the year where you push in all your chips with Rodriguez and Levis and say, all right, let's ride. They just haven't lived up to expectations, and uh, it could be a long offseason for the Wildcats. Trey, from what you've seen recently from Auburn, can they beat Bama this weekend? Oh, man. I really want to take Auburn to pull an upset somehow, uh, or at least take the points. I'm sorry. Um, I I think if they come out as spirited as they have been the last three to four weeks under Carnell Williams, however everybody wants to call Coach Williams, I think that they're going to give Alabama a game. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to beat Alabama, but I'm saying they're going to give them a game. I think this one, you know, enter the fourth quarter where maybe it's a, a 10-point Alabama lead. Auburn's still kind of fighting. Uh, this is their season. I mean, it's crazy to think, but just everything that those players have gone through and the coaches that still remain after Harson you no know, was fired, after multiple coaches were fired, they got a, a, a fixer-upper coaching staff right now calling plays. Will Friend is the offensive coordinator. You know, along with I kill your, you know, you just you have to wonder, you know, what Alabama is going to look like coming into this one because they're not playing for an SEC championship next week and because they're not playing for the playoffs. Can Auburn sneak up on them and turn this into a good one? I think they can. So I look, I grew up in the state of Alabama. And when it comes to the Iron Bowl, I don't care what your record is. You throw it out the window. This is going to be dirty, gritty. I'm excited for it. I think it's an important game for Missouri uh, against Arkansas on, on, on Black Friday to get to a bowl game. You know, Eli Drinkwitz, last year, the, I, I believe they got to 6-6 six and six and then I think lost in a bowl game maybe to Army. Um, but to miss out on a bowl game this year, coinciding, as you mentioned, sort of the similar to Kentucky with the big contract extension in the middle of this season, not a great look for, for Drink and the Missouri program. They've got a solid opportunity here at home, only a three-point underdog to Arkansas. What do you think, Trey? If if Arkansas comes out and plays the way they did last weekend against Ole Miss and K.J. Jefferson and Rock Sanders are dominant on offense, I think Missouri's going to have a long day. Like, I get Brady Cook is, is, is getting a little bit better as each game goes on, and I understand that. Um, but, man, Arkansas is going to have the ability to eat clock you're going to have K.J. Jefferson that can run 15, 20 yards. You can also give it off to, to Rocket Sanders. Uh, you got Hazelwood out there for Arkansas at receiver. I just feel like the like Missouri needs to win this game. They really do, heading into an offseason where the transfer portal, starting in two weeks, is going to be very harsh on Missouri, in my opinion. You're going to have a good amount of players lead that program. A win on Friday could maybe do a couple of things to prevent some of these players from leaving. Not all of them, but some of them. So I, I look at this and I think this is a must win for Eli Drinkwitz. And, and then I'm going to be very interested to see what, what both coaching staffs look like, you know, after the regular season's over. I can see movement uh, from, from both staffs, to be honest with you. I, I think we're going to actually um, on the Arkansas side. I think we probably see something on Missouri side as well. So we're going to find out. That that game on Friday could be a little bit of a sneaker good one, but I, I, I just think KJ's too much. LSU Tigers are only favored by 10 going to College Station against Texas A&M. How bad could it get Saturday night? 
I mean, Jimbo Fisher, I'm sorry to laugh, but man, Jimbo Fisher better pray it doesn't get bad <laughs> because if it, if it, I was telling this to somebody yesterday, if LSU goes into college station and let's just say wins by two touchdowns, 17 points, something like that, with a, a full lineup for Texas A&M, you know, they don't have the flu anymore. The flu's gone. If they go in there and win that game and, and you've, we saw what happens with fans last weekend where they kind of checked out. The rain was coming down a little bit. They're like, you know what? We're not hanging out to watch this team anymore play. If this happens on Saturday where LSU gets out and starts boat racing, let's not forget, LSU is uh, is fighting for a playoff spot. They win next week, and then they beat Georgia. They're in the playoffs, in my opinion, because Tennessee is out now. I think LSU would have a shot to make the playoffs now. So there's a lot into this one, but then I would, but I would say this: for Tennessee going to South Carolina, and they laid an egg. So would LSU go to College Station and lay an egg? That's something you have to keep an eye out on. Even though LSU, in my opinion, has more talent right now, is playing a lot better. It could be a sneaky up game, you know. If, if Devonation can play, uh, we'll see what they do at quarterback, but. Jimbo Fisher is just praying that this team keeps it close because, again, I'm bringing up the transfer portal window, guys. It's going to be bad for AM fans. Just go ahead and prepare yourself for that. A lot of that class is going to disappear. You know, your, 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 your million-dollar class is going to move on. There's going to be players that leave. In my opinion, I think there's going to be at least three or four of those five stars probably dip out of College Station, um, at which it might be better. Texas A&M in the long run, but I just feel like a loss and a bad loss on Saturday is only going to make things worse. And um, we're going to find out. Brian Kelly can get his players rounded up to go. And I like Jaden Daniels in this game over what A&M has to offer. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com is where you can find his work and the new podcast. If you go to shows, tab down, scroll down, you'll see the logo for the Trey Wallace podcast. Powered by Outkick. Let us know uh, what's to come and the debut episode, which is tomorrow. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Just another extension of what we're building at Outkick. Um, I'm happy to have uh, you guys know our our good buddy, Brian Golf, ESPN Radio and 440 Sports. He's going to join tomorrow night, and um, it should be a good time. We're going to talk college football playoffs, transfer portal window, um, how things are going to line up heading into the SEC championship. And and we're going to really break things down. And, and I'm excited. This is a laid-back conversation about college hoops, college football, college baseball, entertainment, you name it. We're going to talk about it on the Trey Wallace podcast. And uh, happy to have Braden join. And then um, I'm hoping uh, the new head coach at Auburn will join us next week, which is supposed to be this week. So we'll – We'll see how that one plays out, and um, I'm excited just to, to continue building things with Outkick, and uh, we got a great thing going. We all do, and uh, excited to be a part of it, Gus. And Big the, moves being made with that podcast. Good, good job, Trey. Yeah, I look man. forward to listening to it. Yeah, thank you, Trey. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. And don't forget, my conspiracy, real quick, was that Ole Miss was the one that put out the story last night about Kiffin that, in, that, that he was leaving. I think Ole Miss found out that he was going to Auburn. I think I think they found out he was going to Auburn. They were the one that leaked it to make Kiffin look bad on his way out. That's my conspiracy. All right.
Maybe that's what he meant by sources. He's joking about the sources with uh, Kevin. At Trey Wallace underscore is where you can find him on Twitter. Thank you, Trey. Happy Thanksgiving. There is uh, uh, Trey Wallace from Outkick.com coming up. An update on the World Cup. And we'll dive into the biggest upset that we've seen in a long, long time with Saudi Arabia winning and shocking everyone at the World Cup. That's details next. We'll also check out the celebration of this on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up, John McClain will join us in about 30 minutes from right now. Looking forward to that. Anthony Ferris as well from outkick.com. Chad, get us updated on the happenings in Qatar with the World Cup today. Huge upset earlier today. Saudi Arabia beats Argentina 2-1. to one. Uh, Other scores today, finals. Denmark, Tunisia, scoreless in full time. And Mexico, Poland also ended in a draw, scoreless. Right now, it is France. You know how much I love the French. Yes. They lead 4-1 to one over Australia in the 88th minute. That one is about to be complete. Those are your scores from the day. Um, great video up at OutKick of the celebration in Saudi Arabia. So, I, I want to say Saudi or Saudi. We refer to them as Saudis, but yet I've always said Saudi Arabia. So Same. I, I kind of go back and forth on how I say the country. Uh, but Saudi Arabia has declared tomorrow a national holiday after this win where everything's going to be shut down. And at OutKick, they've got a video of of some Saudis watching the win, and then one guy just immediately steps foot outside and just starts blasting off a machine gun (laughs) into the air in celebration while everybody's going nuts inside. Different form of celebration, but gets it done. Argentina's lost to to Saudi Arabia. Up Up there with the biggest upsets in World Cup history. In tournament history, uh, Cameroon beating Argentina back in the 90s, 1990. Senegal over France in 2002. South Korea over Italy, and this one shocked everyone. I mean, you could put U.S.-England up there, too, from which was, what, like 1950? I think I saw the, the preview for the upcoming match between USA and England uh, coming up on Friday with that. And this is... You know, this was the, the big shocker of the of the World Cup, not just this year, but that we've seen in many, many years. Well, and, I, you know, it, it's a big shocker, but I feel like you can't be that shocked if you've got the machine gun ready to blow. You know, he must have been expecting no, that I win. Think, I do, or he just had it ready no matter what. Yeah, win or case, lose. Yeah, win or lose, that, that bad yeah. boy's getting fired off yes. outside. I'm going to fire yes. some rounds into the air. Um, but yeah, maybe that's just the, that's the reaction. That's him announcing that the game has gone final. Uh, just with a machine gun blast, <laughs> win or lose. It's like fireworks at the stadium. Yes. Uh, FIFA said on Sunday it banked a record $7.5 billion in commercial deals for the four years associated with this World Cup. That sum represents an increase of more than $1 billion from the four-year cycle associated with the 2018 World Cup in Russia. This from front office sports. And you've got uh, the reserves for FIFA will reach around $2.5 billion now. 
And the tournament could reach over 5 billion viewers, more than 60% of the world's population. So the controversy with, with Qatar hasn't stopped FIFA from rolling in the cash. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, I hate that. Yeah. People are going to watch this event no matter what. That's what that shows. But you, know, you take the Winter Olympics to China and at least in the United States, the television ratings tank. What's the difference? It's the same. One event is more, people want to watch it more than the other one. That's the difference. Well, I... What is the, why is the American coach, by the way, wearing black and white and it just says states on his shirt? Is it one of those throwback uniforms? We've already got a throwback no, uniform? No, it was very weird. It's, it was on, on the sideline. It just, it's not a throwback. It's black and white. I know, it's not it, even the team, yeah. co- the country's colors. Not the yeah, team colors. Yeah, it just said states. I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing makes me uncomfortable. Like people wearing a rainbow or not, or wearing yeah. a slogan or not. You got Iran, you know, kneeling for their national anthem, not recognizing it, and they're probably, in, and they're not probably, they're in physical danger now if they when they go back to their countries. It's just a, it's a weird time. Hit us I up. I just want to experience the sport, Hutton. That's what I want. With, yeah, with well, this. I just want to experience the pageantry. We were talking though, and I feel like there's no real pageantry at the actual event because of the host of the event. It's fine to watch on television, but it takes a lot away from no, it. No, no, no doubt. And you know, we were talking about taking in the the sport with the next World Cup. You know, we were discussed for a, a host city here in in Nashville. Hopefully, by the time it rolls around, you and I'll be taking part in that in some way, catching it. You know, well, the I biggest mean, I, event just, that would come to a city. I mean, if this event was in Italy, how much cooler would it be from even a television perspective watching it? So much better. Uh, just whatever. But again, record yeah, profits. So about $7.5 in their overall... And FIFA's going to sell that and say, oh, look, we made the right decision. Yeah, and Bring commercial deals. So it's not just uh, FIFA, it's the commercial deals with people spending money, not because of where they are, after protesting everything from an NBA All-Star game to the Atlanta Braves... Um, and an all-star game there. But everyone advertises with the World Cup Let's regardless put that money of where in they the are. Qatar. We gotta make sure that we get right. those profits flowing. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Coming up, Peter Burns has to apologize to Benjamin Watson. This is Outkick 360.